We in. What up? What up? We in. What are the dollar you murder for? Is that the one? <laughs> nope. We're not doing it. Not doing it. Not doing it. You can't trick me. You can't make me sing a you know, whole song by triggering me. You know, sometimes I'll do that. I'll just be like, I'm going to make Kyle sing a certain song. And It'll work. I'll just be I'll, like It'll what work. I did with Adele. It'll work. I'll just, never mind, I'll. <laughs> you didn't. You you did that on purpose. <laughs> Find someone like you. You've got to at least resolve it, man. Make me uncomfortable. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to my torture. Not really. And to a spoiler episode of The Chris and Kyle Show featuring the film, I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore. How many times uh, when you were researching this and, you know, thinking about it in your head, did you get the title wrong? Where you're like, you, th- you threw in an extra word or None something? None times. Well, I was like tapping up my notes for this. I was like, I just don't feel at home in this world anymore. <laughs> like, so, I was just adding in and taking out. So this movie words. was made in, in 2017. And I've been hearing about it, I think, I feel like since 2016 when it was being made. This movie's been built up a lot for me. Um, it's been on Netflix now for at least a year. And I just, it was, it's been on my watch list and I just haven't watched it. Um, but I heard, I was listening to a podcast with Elijah Wood on it and he was talking about it and it was was like what, like while it was being made. So I've known this movie existed for a long time and I've wanted to see it because I've heard so many good things about it and it did so well at festivals and stuff like that. So it was built up a lot. So the title I think was maybe like more, a little more ingrained. Right. So I, I didn't mess it up. Okay. But like I yeah I feel like there's certain movies that uh, there was like a Joaquin Phoenix movie that's like uh, I'm not wait you mean Joaquin I'm, Phoenix Joaquin uh, uh, the, the title of the movie no <laughs> yeah her yeah uh, no the title was like I'm I'm not here I don't know I'm no longer here or something I don't know there's there's that new one he won't go far on foot what he you he won't go that already far came on out foot. yeah is it a Joaquin Phoenix movie yeah. Uh, he just likes long titles, dude. Yeah, that's and, how. Dude, and, that's how we need. To and he likes him. her. That's how we need to fucking hook him, dude. We're gonna like we're gonna go to L.A. find Joaquin Phoenix, like walk in to where would Joaquin Phoenix walk to? Like uh, somewhere really weird. Trader Joe's. Uh, that's not weird enough. That's not weird enough. No, definitely not. Okay, uh, like listen, dude. A cocaine. Listen, deal. dude. So okay. we we find. <laughs> now you're just making assumptions. <laughs> I have no idea, uh, but. Uh, I forgot where this bit was going. You want to make a really long title. I'm waiting for you to give me a really long title, a fake title that's super long. Okay. Um, to trick Joaquin Phoenix into being in the movie. I am the one who makes shoes in a store of gerbils and such. The Daniel Day-Lewis story. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix plays Daniel Day-Lewis, the cobbler. Hell yeah. Yeah. Let me see that. Oh yeah. All right. Enough of this nonsense. <clears throat> So this film was written and directed by Macon Blair, who made uh, Green Room. Wait, no, nope. That's the new one. Hold up. Wait, let me get my colored movies right. Blue Ruin. Gold, right? No, wait. See, oh his stuff's weird. God. He's acted and hold on. I'm looking at you, you, right you, want, you want me to help you out? Dude, my computer is going nuts. So okay, so Macon Blair, you might know him as an he's, he's he acts more than anything, okay. um, but he and Jeremy Solnier. Uh, who is a That's writer Room. director? He's Green Room uh, creator. Yeah. So Macon Blair was in Green Room. Yes. yes. Um, 
but they were both like childhood friends. They met each Ooh. other when like they were 11 and made movies together. They started making movies together. That's cool. Um, and uh, made movies all through uh, high school. And then they separated for college. Jeremy Sonier went to NYU. And Macon Blair actually went to VCU. Go Rams. Um, That's where Kate goes, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, I, well, when? where she uh, graduated. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I did, sorry, I had to do that shout out. Virginia um, Commonwealth. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Jeremy Solnier directed um, Murder Party, Blue Ruin, Green Room, and Hold the Dark. So, And Jeremy Solnier has acted in, I think, all of those films. I'm not sure about Hold the Dark, uh, but he did write Hold the Dark. Um, but he's also been, he was in the Florida project with Willem okay. Dafoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, this is Macon Blair now. Macon Blair was, um, is Macon Blair who wrote and directed the film we're talking about. Yes. Um, and he was also in it, but it was a very small mm-hmm. portion. It was like, it was a pretty funny scene. I don't know um, what he looks like, so I don't know who he was. Okay. So I'm guessing because you don't know what he looks like or anything that you've never seen a Jeremy Solnier film. No, I've okay, not so seen Green is- Room. Or Blue Ruin. Or Blue Ruin. No, I haven't. Uh, okay. So what are some adjectives that you would... Do you want to go for the, through the rest of the cast? Well, I was just... I mean, the, there's only like two that are super mm-hmm. important. Um, the, the the lead is Melanie Linsky. She plays Ruth. Mm-hmm. And then Elijah Wood, whose production company was involved in the making of this film as well. Mm-hmm. So this was like a big passion project for him. Um, and he plays this weird, wacky... Uh, supporting lead kind of character. Mm-hmm. He's super weird. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So wait, you want to ask me what, what adjectives? Yeah. What adjectives would you use to describe this? Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of bleak, but in like an. It's not bleak in a boring way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just like kind of. It's it not, feels hopeless. It's not a lot of the time. It, it's hopeless, but in an amusing way. Yeah. You know, in a like a. It's 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 um. With a sense of humor. What's the sense of humor when you, when you like are deadpan but you say funny stuff? What am I thinking of? Oh, I would. I I mean, I would just say deadpan. I don't know. Jeez, that's gonna bother me. (laughs) All right, keep talking. Okay, but uh, yeah, I would say okay. So I've seen so far from either of these two guys, Jeremy Solnier and Macon Blair. I've seen um, Blue Ruin, Green Room, and this movie. I don't feel Green Room and Blue Ruin are really acclaimed. By mm-hmm. the way, mm-hmm. and um, I like them. I like all three of them. Mm-hmm. All three sort of have uh, very similar themes. Okay. I would say that they are like um, they're. I mean, they're all small movies, but like they're like kind of uncinematic in the way that they're written. Mm-hmm. If that makes any yeah, sense, yeah, it's kind of dull. Yeah, and like it, even when things that are sort of wacky and and out of the ordinary are happening it feels very ordinary right which i think is kind of an accomplishment ordinary yeah ordinary is a really good word for it um like i would say idiosyncratic is another one yeah, like like, like the whole climactic scene of this movie it doesn't feel crazy but uh-huh. it, it is if you if you told someone what happened if you yeah. were like oh yeah, uh, they show up at the house and then people start shooting each other. Yeah, it's like, a story that, like, if someone told you this at a bar, you'd be like, "Yeah, that definitely happened." Yeah, right. Yeah, um, it's it's and and that's kind of what all three of these movies are. It's kind of like the worst things that could happen to good people or to normal people. Yeah, no, I wouldn't say good people, normal people. Um, did you like it? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought I would like it more than I did. Okay, 
um, I didn't by any stretch like not enjoy. It. I I, right. I had I enjoyed myself watching it. Um, I think it was built up a little bit too much for me. Maybe really because I so I thought it was gonna be a lot funnier than it was. Okay, um, like I thought it had moments that were funny, and I thought Elijah Wood was like ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but but it's not even a comedy. No, but everything I've heard about it is people talking about how funny it is, okay. and how insightful it is, and I feel like I just. I feel like it's my fault. I just feel like I missed a lot of the stuff that people have said about it. Like, uh, talking about how funny it is. Um, I, I thought the lead was good, but not great. Mm-hmm. I thought she was, you know, I thought she did a good job. Yeah, she's fine. But yeah. I've heard people like rave about how wonderful she was. And I was like, okay, like, I mean, I get like, I, I, yeah, I think, they, I think maybe cause it's so subdued. It's not like an over the top or like exceptional reach of a performance. It's just very, I'm a normal person. Yeah, I think you got karate kitted. I think you got you you overhyped it too much. Yeah, I did you what you it. always do with stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And but. then like, there's also talk about um uh, there's a lot of praise for like it's uh like look at like gender issues and stuff like that. And I, I feel th- like I just didn't catch it. Okay, yeah. So a Rotten Tomatoes in their literally in, in their, their critics, critics consensus, consensus they yeah. brought up how it brought up a lot of gender dynamics. Yeah, and I, was and like, I just didn't what? understand it. Is it is it just because you have like sort of a middle aged female lead? I don't know. And, and I feel we're not like, used to seeing that. Yeah, I. But I feel like if you're going to say, if you're going to say a film brings up the dynamic, a social dynamic, it shouldn't just be because of the character being in the movie. It should be what's being addressed in the movie. And I right. don't feel like, I don't think that the cop was treating her the way she was because she was a woman. I think the cop was treating her the way he was because that's how he would treat anyone who suffered a break in with right. no with no clues to follow. Right. And and was being and, and slightly seemed, narcissistic about uh, you know how things should be fixed. And seemed like like she was kind of um inept, like she left her door open. Like mm-hmm. you know, if you leave your door like, open, you're going to get robbed. I, I mean, like I, when I, I had all the coins stolen out of my car, I didn't get mad at anyone cuz I leave my car door open. <laughs> I'm right. I'm welcoming it. Right. Um but Yeah, like that, that I didn't when I watched it, I definitely didn't go, "Oh wow, I'm, I'm getting an, a unique vantage point on gender gender uh-huh. discrepancies." While watching this film, I didn't get that at all. Well, yeah, I, I definitely I understand I the 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 other sort of uh, I don't know if you want to call it theme or whatever, but the take on it's just kind of like, are there good people? That seemed to be the center, the the driving force of the movie to me mm-hmm. is the is the, the sort of bleak idea that people are generally not nice or mm-hmm. good, which. I mean, if you want to look at things pessimistically, sure, but that's just not how I, it's not what I'm usually drawn to. I, I don't, I didn't watch and go, that's not, look, people don't act like this, but like I tend to look at things through a more rose colored lens or a glass half full kind yeah, of you're viewpoint. more, you're more op- optimistic. I'm more optimistic, yeah. Um, I, but I, that dude in the bar in the beginning of the movie, unforgivable. Okay, that's making Blair. Oh, it is. Oh, okay. The the guy with the book. Yes, dude, unforgivable. Okay, for uh, those that actually haven't watched uh, this movie, there's a scene where the main character is reading a book in a bar, and a guy comes up while he's in a series of novels. Yeah, and uh, a guy comes up and he's like, "Oh man, I love that book. That's it's great. What? Where are you at?" And she's like, "Oh, I'm at the the War of Algeron or whatever the what and uh, and she's like, "Oh man, it's so great." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, it's one of my favorites." 
you know, the worst this, part, this is, character is actually this well, character's the, father. Well, that's the worst part is the conversation ends on a nice point. They have a yeah. nice conversation and, yeah, there's about a having a mutual <laughs> like for the book and being excited about it. And then he just goes, Oh, by the way, spoiler. He just says it. It's that's the worst thing that anyone does in this movie. I don't care about the murder or the drug deals or anything. That's the worst crime committed Spo- in this. Spoiling you can't it. just do that to someone. Come on. Do you think that he intended to, to do that? Like he wanted to spoil. No, I think he was just the character. Or do you no, think I think that the character was, is probably like a socially awkward dude who likes and fantasy he was stories and met a girl who liked a fantasy obliviously. story. Obliviously, and obliviously was like, <laughs> but not cool, man. Because it, it, I mean, that kind of aids to her perspective on the film. Like early on, she's talking to her friend and she's talking about how everybody in the world just wants to take. They just yeah. want mine, 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 mine. And you know, like we're all going to die. Mm-hmm. And uh, which actually, I really like that scene in the beginning. Um, because she's okay. She's like a, when a she's nurse. talking to a girl's daughter. Oh, um, oh, in the very beginning, in the very beginning. Uh, in the she's hospital. yeah. In the hospital, oh, she's the a nurse dies. and she's taking care of this really awful this lady. Just horrible and the lady. lady's watching something on the news and complaining about, she's being like racist. She's doing like the most old person stuff yeah, you can it, imagine. Yeah. Like, and, and she's just person. like, gross yeah. uh, with everything that she's saying. Um, and then she just dies. Yeah. And then the family shows up and they're distraught. Mm-hmm. And does she have any <laughs> final words? The family asks if she had any final words before. And she just is like, mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that scene in the bar with Macon Blair and him spoiling the, the book for her, it aids to the, well, people kind of suck narrative that they're, yeah. If they um, push, it's pushed super. Um, like even her friends are just like, Everyone seems so sad. Yeah. Everyone is just so bleak and mm-hmm. dull. And then like her her best friend's husband comes home and it seems like he doesn't like Ruth for some reason. And we don't ever really get the story behind it. But there's just like this weird relationship. And then we meet Elijah Wood and it's like, oh, look, there's light in the world from this freaking weirdo who listens to heavy metal and has a rat tail and is like a, is like an evangelist. He's like talks about Jesus and stuff when they first meet, and he's like well, okay. overly committed to doing the right a- thing. Evangelist is like different than he's he's very religious, um, but like be, evangelism is like trying to persuade someone into your religion, right? Yeah. So he he doesn't really like guess, do that yeah, with her. Not really. So yeah. he's just he's just very preachy. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed all of the weirdo characters in this. I don't. I'm not sure how you. I loved like, Elijah Wood. Uh. You mean like uh, like the the villains and stuff too? So yeah, yeah, so, I liked them. Uh, the the two that came up to my mind uh, originally, well, probably um, the Christian Rumack, the the character Christian Rumack, played by Robert Longstreet. Which character was that? Christian Christian Junior. The, so the, the lawyer guy Gray. and the blonde hair kid. Yes. Okay. The the, the dude w- that lawyer was an asshole. Yeah, but I fucking really enjoyed him on screen. Yeah, that guy is also in Sorry to Bother You. Um, oh, okay. Robert Robert. Robert Robert Longstreet was also in Bob Blah 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 Blah. Yeah, uh, the it, these movies are very bleak in a. Mm-hmm. Or, or, uh, this movie is very bleak in a really quirky kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like True Detective. True Detective no. is very bleak, but. I would say the the philosophies of the nihilism are way more fleshed out mm-hmm. in True Detective um, than they are in this movie. Well, I don't even uh, know if I not... would say that she's actually a nihilist. I think she just doesn't have any <clears throat> very many friends. She's a pessimist more than yeah. a nihilist. Yeah, 
Um, <clears throat> she just like is having a rough go of it. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of notes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I didn't make I didn't make the the font on the, the page like really small to not in order waste to waste paper. Yeah. Um, nice. Do you think that there are any tropes in this movie? Tropes. Um. I mean, probably. I'm I'm trying to remember. So this movie, and as well as like Jeremy, Solomon, I feel like most movies have tropes. Have tropes, right? Like, I don't have but a problem with tropes. I don't have, and I agree. I I don't have a problem with tropes. I don't I don't think that there's a problem. But I would say that like an interesting aspect of both uh, of Jeremy Saulnier's movies that I've seen, as well as this movie, um, they, they are pretty tropeless. Okay. Um, I would say that they that a lot of times they subvert uh, a lot of the normal things that you do see in movies, mm-hmm. right? So there's a, a scene in the no spoilers for Blue Ruin here, uh, but there's a scene in Blue Ruin where the main character, Megan Blair's character, gets an arrow through his leg, I think, and he tries to pull it out like a Skyrim guard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Through, through the, the knee, knee yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he tries to pull it out, and he can't do it, and has to go to the hospital. Okay, you know, like it's like a like a like a weird, quirky thing that you don't see in most movies. Mm-hmm. You know, like normally in most movies, you'd see him like tough it out and pull a arrow out of his leg. But in in a Jeremy Saulnier or a Making Blair movie, mm-hmm. um, it's much more like grounded and weird and yeah. kind of awkward and. That it kind awkward. of it's very awkward. Yeah, um, like everyone's like bumbling around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like there, but there isn't a lot of trope, which is, I, I I wouldn't say it's 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 good or bad. I just think it's an interesting aspect mm-hmm. of it. Out of the three movies that I've seen, um, out of those three, I, and I understand that this is a making player movie and not a Jeremy Sorkin yeah. movie, but. I mean, they're the styles are so close to each other okay. that it's, it's it might as well be a Jeremy Solnay movie. Mm-hmm. Um, out of the three, I would say that Green Room um, is my favorite um, one. Anton motherfucking Yelchin. Woo, that boy. Uh, and two, story. like I feel like they like uh, it's more playful. Um, okay. Which I'm I'm interested in well, going back. That could and also seeing, be because Anton Yelchin's in it. Does he bring would, that? No, I would no? S- no. It's like uh, I mean, I haven't seen it. So, so I, can't uh, really speak I, I, I read a an, an art interview um, with Jeremy Solnier talking about his relationship with Macon Blair, mm-hmm. uh, and he was talking about how growing up, all the stuff that he would write was like sort of like zombie massacre kind of shit, and Macon Blair was always writing like crime thrillers. Okay, um, and I was like, I, after seeing um, both of their styles, I'm like, oh, okay, like. It kind of sense. makes sense. Um, and I'm really interested in going back and watching Murder Party. Apparently, that's really good, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's supposed to be, like, even more wacky. Um, I mean, it's called Murder Party. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> what do you think are the best? Sorry. What? I thought. I was, what do you think are the best parts of this movie? The best parts of this movie, I think Elijah Wood. Uh, I think I liked the scene where um, they first meet the wife a lot. That was uh, fun. Right before the lawyer came home. Yeah. I like that scene a lot. 
Uh, Especially when you figure out that she already knew that yeah. they weren't. Yeah, cops she was like, just "I'm lonely. fucking bored." <laughs> <laughs> um, I really liked. Uh, I'm trying to think of other stuff that really stood. Out. I I liked like the climax. The climax was fun. I liked when uh, when they left the lawyer's house and they like stole his lawn ornament and stuff. Like mm-hmm. that whole thing was funny. Uh. Oh, I, I like the scene where they track when she tracks down her laptop mm-hmm. and they go to those, the college kids house, kids college kids house. Yeah. And, uh, they like, like Elijah Wood like punches the dude and he throws his, his, uh, shuriken into the wall <laughs> and then they just take it. And he's like, I bought, I paid good money for that. <laughs> it's like, they're, they're like not evil at all. They're just yeah. like, they're just like kids. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, okay. Like kind of like not tropey. Like you were talking about sort of. Right. Like, uh, it, it, I like it, the, I it like subverts, the, uh, it, it subverts yeah. the conflict. Yeah, what you expect. Sort of. yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I also like the garage sale place end scene i thought that was cool mm-hmm. with that old man mm-hmm. poor old man yeah th- there's a lot of um making blair can write a scene really well mm-hmm. i would say that's like a uh something that um him and jeremy Solnia have in common like they can write really good scenes like there's always like these elements that you're constantly uncovering and then you're getting surprised mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that i feel like um like a young Quentin Tarantino would fucking love both of these guys. Okay. You know, like, like, th- cause they're so kind of like offbeat. Yeah. Um, and the scenes are developed so well and they're, they are tense. Like there's yeah, a lot certainly. of, um, there's a lot of good conflict, even though like they, so a lot of times at the end of the scene, they will subvert it somehow. Um, yeah, but I would say it's overall, I would say it's a good movie. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It's definitely good. Um, yeah. Well, like what are some cons? What didn't you like about it? I, th- I think more than not liking, I just, it didn't, I think it just wasn't fully what I expected. Right. I just had, like you said, I, I built it up in a different way than what it was. I had a little bit of a different idea of what it was supposed to be coming into it, which is kind of, you know, wh- what's the sin of the viewer at that point? Like, yeah, the best way to go into a movie is knowing nothing. Right. So that's my own fault. Um, I think just it's, it is like a little bit bleak. Um, I don't want to say that I didn't like the character Ruth, but I, I, I don't vibe with the character. You know what I mean? Like I, when I'm watching the movie, I'm like, this is a good character mm-hmm. that's being well acted and well written, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't want to hang out with her. <laughs> like a, like a ladybird syndrome. Yeah. Kind of like ladybird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not in like as the, the pretentious way of ladybird though. Like yeah, ladybird is pretentious. Yeah. Ruth is just sad. Yeah. She just seems like a Debbie. Downer. Yeah. Kind of a bummer. Yeah. yeah. She's just being around her would be depressing. Yeah. Um, I'd also be afraid to hang out with Elijah Wood. Do you think that this movie lacks heart? I think it seems like kind of overly harsh. I think that's what the movie's about is about the world, not having heart and you Mm -hmm. need to find the people that do. Hence Elijah Wood. Mm -hmm. That's why Elijah Wood's character is in this movie. Yeah. Because the, the point of the movie is that you need to find the few people in the world that are going to be there for you and have heart. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't say the movie lacks heart. I think the movie is making a point by lacking heart in other places. Right. I think that's a good point. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Cause like I would, cause that was one thing that I I kind of thought of while I was watching the movie and, and with uh, other like Saulnier movies that I've seen and other stuff with making Blair, 
like, I was just like, I, I don't, there's nothing. And I don't, I don't have to feel uplifted in order to enjoy something. No, um, definitely not. Cause then like, you'd be, you'd be taking out swaths of great movies. Like a lot of movies are, that are really well-made and really good can be depressing and sad. Yeah. Like different types of emotions and, and viewpoints need to be explored through the medium like yeah. it's not just about being uplifted or happy yeah like yep even uh like social network isn't like mm -hmm. uplifting i mean it's kind of like the dude is really fucking lonely yeah um and uh true detective i mean like it it ends on a positive note but this is uh-huh this is what i don't know how it ends i thought everyone died you ruined it for me yep dang damn there it goes. I'm so sad you're that never Woody Harrelson to, lives. You're never going to uh, enjoy True Detective. Never. I never said that. It, that. Oh, lives. you're right. You're right. You didn't say that. You just. Oh, wait, is it uplifting because Woody Harrelson dies? <gasps> wow. I know nothing. Mm -hmm. Jon Snow. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else? I don't think so. I, I, do you know if um if either of them have anything coming out soon? I'll look right now if you don't. I mean, they just came out with Hold the Dark. Uh, which, oh, is on, which is they on which is they did Netflix it together right which uh in a apparently a lot of people don't like hold the dark hold the dark oh yeah bad imdb score it, so it's uh, directed it's by somebody written by megan blair. blair okay um and it's adapted from a novel oh um, oh this is that netflix movie with yes. uh with jeffrey wright yeah oh okay this is part of their december storm the netflix december storm there's like there's something like 25 movies coming out on netflix this month oh damn it's crazy <clears throat> but uh, Hold the Dark has a bad IMDb score, but on Rotten Tomatoes, it's getting good reviews from the critics, but bad, getting bad from the audience. Really bad. It's probably just like super duper bleak. Twenty six percent from the audience. Yeah, like I feel like movies like that sometimes are they're just bleak movies and people don't vibe with it. Because mm -hmm. I think you know, for like me or you, we might go into a movie and and we might be open to experiencing whatever story and and trail the director and writer want to take us on whatever emotion they want to portray and whatever story they want to tell i think a lot of people maybe probably most people want to go to see a movie to feel better right to to as the, i think that a lot of people movies and tv shows are a form of escapism mm -hmm. to feel you know to get out of what they're experiencing we still use that for absolutely. yeah sure absolutely like, but i think in a different way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that most people would go, well, why do they, you know, why do you like watching a Marvel movie? Cause the good guy wins. You go on a fun adventure and the good guy wins. And I love Marvel movies as much as, as, as much as, if not more than anyone. I'm, I'm obsessed with that. Then a majority, then a majority of people. Majority of people. Right. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that I can't enjoy something. That's the complete opposite mm -hmm. where I think a lot of people mm -hmm. don't want to experience. They don't want to feel sad. It's like how I don't really like horror movies, even good ones, because I don't necessarily like being scared. I don't like that feeling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like even like if I saw Hereditary, I might go, wow, Hereditary is an amazing film. But you might not. Tony Collette is incredible in this movie. Yeah. But I don't like the way I feel while I watch it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. I and I think that that speaks more to rewatches than anything for me. Like I'll watch hereditary once and be like, all right, I'm good. I experienced it. I don't want to do it again. Mm. Don't want to go through it again. Hereditary is a weird one. Like I, I have, you haven't seen it. I've seen it. That, yeah. Uh, so like I 
It's just no, the best horror movie that I could think of that came out this year. That I no, yeah. no, 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 yeah, but like it's it's a weird one because it's so uh, based in like there's a lot of emotional and like family drama. Yeah, yeah, what you've told me. Um, but yeah, like the, the people enjoy certain kinds of movies, mm-hmm. and like I mean, like and then there's the opposite hand. There's people who only want to watch like sad stuff. Because it like feeds their own nihilism <laughs> and pessimism. They're like, that's right. That's how the world is. Um, you ever seen Blue Valentine? No. A lot of people complain about Blue Valentine because it's so sad. And Manchester by the Sea is another one. I love Manchester by the Sea. I, I, I but think you're it's right. fucking Dude, incredible. I, I went and saw Manchester by the Sea in the movie theater. And as I left, I was walking behind uh, a pair of like middle-aged women mm-hmm. that were like, they were like, what a waste of two hours. I can't believe I sat through that whole thing. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Like I've had, that was the second most rage I felt from a conversation I overheard at a movie theater. The first, the first being the one where a lady talked about making her kid go see a different movie than her so that she could watch whatever movie was on at the same time as the kid's movie. I got triggered as hell. Have I never told you that story? No. Okay. I don't think so. Dude, I tweeted in, in, in rage at this. <laughs> I was waiting in line to buy a, mo- a ticket for a movie. I don't even remember what movie it was. This is like two years ago. And in front of me were a mother, a young child, maybe like, you know, four years old and a grandmother. They went up to the, to the ticket box and they bought two tickets for the kid movie. One for the grandma, one for the kid. And the mom was like, they were like, well, do you want to take it as well? And she was like, what's on at the same time? Or no, she said, what gets out at the same time? And the the guy was like, uh, this one is like 10 minutes later. And she was like, all right, I'll take it. And I got triggered, triggered. I couldn't believe it. I was like, you're going to go see. And the thing that made me extra mad is like, they saw something like garbage. It was like Hitman 47 or something. I think, I think I might've been going to see American Ultra and it was Hitman 47. She's like, just give me that one. And I got so triggered. I was like, what was the kids' movie? I don't even remember. Was it something good? Probably not. It's probably like Angry Birds or something. I don't oh, know. Okay. Okay. But I got so triggered because one of my greatest memories, like of my childhood, was when Pokemon the movie came out. Yeah. And my dad took me to see it. Yeah. My mom took me to see it. My dad took me to see Pokemon the movie, and he sat through that whole movie, and he was like, "What the fuck is happening?" Yeah. He had no clue what was going on. Yeah. He was so confused, and he hated it. Yeah. But he saw it with me and I had so much fun yeah. and I loved it so much. And I felt like this, ex- I had this experience with my dad and it was so special to me. Right. And when, like when I heard that, that's like a thing that parent, cause then I went home and I complained to my mom about it. Uh-huh. I like, told her this story. She's like, yeah, parents do that. And I was like, it's just a thing. Parents just don't see the kids movie. Cause they're like, that's for kids. And then they don't have that experience with their kids. Yeah. And I got super triggered by that. But these ladies talking about Manchester by the Sea as I walked out was the second most triggered I've ever gotten because they were talking about how bad it was. And I was like, if you can't like lift the lens of uh, like expectation for for happiness and and at least at the very least appreciate the quality of what you just watched. You don't have mm-hmm. to necessarily say you liked it, but if you're going to say it's bad and a waste of two hours yeah. because it was sad, just get out. Yeah. Leave, leave me, leave uh-huh. my space. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. That has nothing to do with, I don't feel at home in the, in this. No, but, anymore, but I ranted. we went on, you know, we went on. A I ranted. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> um, who, like, who would like this movie? 
who would like who are the, who are the types of people that would like I don't feel at home in this one anymore. That's a are monster. you asking me for like a specific person that I know yeah, or like who are the no 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 like the type of people. I mean, I think people who like film, you know, people who are I would say people that are like that 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 uh sample from different varieties and genres like and tones. If you're if you're comfortable with like seeing indie movies and not being too judgmental if you're because it's it, it is good it's really know? yeah it's it, really it, well made yeah um it's well written well written it, well acted mm-hmm. yeah it, it checks is checks is it checks all the boxes mm-hmm. of a good movie yeah it's just kind of bleak and kind of it's like <sighs> dull is the wrong word mm-hmm. but it's i can't think of a different one you know what i mean it's like kind of ordinary is, is better it, ordinary yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah it's not. I would say the, most the, most films are uh, an enhanced view of what happens. In I the would world. say the subject matter, like the the narrative, is ordinary, not the film itself. Like because I would say it's even it's though more, crazy stuff happens, huh? Crazy stuff happens. Yeah, but it still doesn't feel crazy. Yeah, it's just super grounded mm-hmm. in like no, this is just a de- this is what's happening. It's just this is happening. It's not you know. It's not over the top in any way. Right. I agree with you. Yeah. You got anything else? See it. It's on Netflix. It's like, just see it. It's super easy to see. Is uh, Elijah Wood on the the, the cover? The, the yeah, poster? his picture's on there. Yeah. yeah. And the super long title's on there. Always makes me think of You Sin know what City. I didn't know? I didn't know that it was, but in the end, because I, I was always like, why is the title so long? And it's named after a song. Yeah. I didn't and know they, that. Yeah, they play the song. Yeah, they play the song at the end of the movie. Uh, d- yeah. Actually, the music's kind of cool in this movie. Now that I mentioned that, it's like cool. Uh, like uh, It's like that good that good country music, that like old school good country music. Well, And, and there's also uh, like metal and shit. Like, yeah, when Elijah Wood's character and, is around. But yeah. that's, that's one thing that I do like um, that uh, th- their movies do really well. Like they don't have like really – generic like oh we're gonna throw in like random punk song here. yeah you know like it, it seems like it was like curated yeah well like, there was that one scene i literally said while we were watching it i was like is she listening to this or is it soundtrack right because she was just literally just sitting on the couch with the mm-hmm. song playing and i couldn't tell yeah it was it was sort of so seamlessly incorporated into the into what was happening and then she started like swaying to it and i was like mm-hmm. okay yeah she's she's listening to what we're listening to it's just it set the tone of what the scene so well that i was like What's happening? <laughs> what is that called when you? There's a word for it. When it's like within the environment of the yeah. film itself, uh, diegetic, diegetic, or, or diegetic, diegetic. I I, I don't I don't, know how to, I don't know how to I don't know <laughs> how to say diegetic, diegetic. But yeah, yeah, that was a cool scene. Um, yeah, see it. It's on Netflix. Um, Elijah Wood's dope. <laughs> you got anything? Um, else and, and plenty other. No, no. Yeah. I mean, I don't mean. A lot of people in this movie are dope. <laughs> in general, Elijah Wood is a dope person. I don't know if you've ever heard interviews with Elijah Wood, but he's like a super cool guy. Yeah. Super nice guy. <clears throat> um, can I can I talk about next week? Let's do it. Can I talk about next week? Yo, next week? You know what next week is? What's next week? Next week is Spider-Man week. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. So next week, this comes out. Oh, I'm looking. I'm looking, but I can't read because I don't have my glasses on. This drops on Thursday. So the guest episode already came out. So I hope you guys enjoyed hanging out with with Adrian and meeting him with us. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Now it's Spider Man week. Next week we have two spoiler episodes for you. 
because oh, we damn. stumbled upon we we discovered something. We came upon a discovery. And that discovery is that Spider-Man 3 is actually good. And we were both surprised to find out because of the cultural zeitgeist of Spider-Man 3 being the 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 punchline of a joke. 85% of it is good. Yeah. 85% yeah. of it is good. Yeah. Like you could remove 15 minutes out of that movie and it would be good. Yeah. So come in, check out a spoiler episode for Spider-Man 3. We will tell you why it's good and we will tell you about, you know, what could be done better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and next Thursday, we're going to talk about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Have you seen how well received it's being? Like, I was already super excited. I'm, like, losing my mind. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, I'm so excited for that movie. <laughs> so, yeah, come back for that next week. It's going to be super fun. I'm really excited. Um, hit us up on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Instagram, YouTube, podcasting platforms, The Chris and Kyle Show. Vote on the poll so that the week after Spider-Man week, you get to pick our episode. Is it Bumblebee? Or is it Aquaman? Mm. I don't know. We don't know yet. The people have to tell us. I don't know. I hope it's Bumblebee. Hmm. <laughs> that seems like reverse psychology. <laughs> he actually hopes it's Aquaman. Is it? I or don't it know. Reverse reverse. Vote psychology. with your heart. Don't don't vote to try to spite his fake attempt at at swaying. You just just whatever you want to hear us talk about, vote for that. Cause I will say this: if you vote for Aquaman, we're gonna talk about the DC universe, and if you vote for Bumblebee, we're gonna talk about the Transformers movies as a whole. We might have to watch the Last Night if we mm. do that. I haven't seen yeah, I haven't. Seen I haven't seen the Last Night. I had no interest in Dinobots watching it. or. Wait, I thought the Last Night was Dinobots. I have no idea. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll have some catching up to do. Mm. Uh, yeah, so vote on that poll and come back by and see us next week for Spider-Man Week. This has been the Chris and Kyle Show. Spoilers for I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore. We out. We out. Stay weird. <laughs>